1: The
2: numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Thursday morning to you. This is a numbers game at Visa the Sports Betting network, NetworkVisa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus IHeart Radio YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Producer number five and 8, Jeff Sweet 16 tonight. Gets back underway. March Madness does. We'll have our uh, thoughts on the games tonight. See if we have any picks the next two nights as well. Bill Krakenberger will join us. Hour number two, unscripted with the Crack Man, as we do each and every Thursday. Will Hill will join us from the New York City cast. Talk about his favorite college basketball plays tonight. And uh, Mike Sando will join us from the Athletic. Uh, used to work at ESPN for twelve years. Since uh, since what is it like twenty nineteen? I believe he's been at the Athletic. He was among the two writers. Him he and Jason Jenks who wrote that piece on Urban Meyer earlier this week. We'll get into that. I also want to get his thoughts, of course, on everything that happened yesterday in the NFL. Everything that's happened, quite frankly, during this ridiculous NFL free agency period, which every day you think, oh, well, it's got to be over now. Something new happens. And let's just start there with the two. Oh, by the way, we do have tennis picks after a. Uh, we went for two big dogs yesterday. Neither barked. So we're back at it uh, today with two more. Uh, well, the lines are pretty good, quite frankly, up and down the men's and the ladies' side. But we do have two plays uh, coming up. Uh, let's start with the two biggest things yesterday. The two biggest things. One, the New York City vaccine mandate, Jeff, 24 hours after we were on the air saying, well, I, you know, I'm just speculating here, but it seems like the mayor, Eric Adams, just wants to do it on his own terms. Not going to let the Yankees dictate to him or the Mets or, or the Brooklyn Nets or whatever. Nope. Starting today, Kyrie can play home games. And the Mets and Yankees unvaccinated players could play home games in their respective stadiums. Adams will do it at Citi Field, by the way. Steve Cohen apparently greased his uh, campaign coffers, so he's doing it at Citi Field. It also kind of feels like the way to say the Yankees aren't making me do this. But I have to say, if you're the Nets or if you're the Mets, you owe a big you owe a big thank you to the New York Yankees because I think that's the institution that people that was strong enough. Where people could not stand them not having unvaxxed players play home games.
3: I am in total agreement with you, and again, I really do think I know we. I actually haven't made this point on the air. I've made it to others. If Kyrie Irving was a New York
2: Knick, he would have been allowed to Different play. Different story. Ago. Yes, I believe that. That I do truly believe. And if they were in a playoff race, and they was New York Nick, right? Like there has to be a confluence of events, kind of thing. But so bet accordingly. On the Brooklyn Nets moving forward, maybe you already have bets on them. Maybe you already anticipated this. Same thing with the Yankees and Mets in terms of your season win calculus. And maybe, contrarily to, you know, your season win calculus on a team like the Blue Jays, where there still is, by the way, with Canada, vaccine mandates, meaning unvaccinated players from other teams, cannot play there. So that's the story, by the way. Here's some American League win totals, just to flash up on the screen. Jays and Yankees currently at 91.5. Rays 90.5 right there in the AL East. Mets uh, in the NL East expecting big things for the Mets as well. Um, So, again, plan accordingly with that. The other biggest thing yesterday. Of course, we, talk, we, we had Jason Weingarten on our second hour yesterday. So it was the 8 a.m. Pacific hour, 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern. And we're talking to Jason about baseball plays. And all of a sudden, Jeff, you chime in with the reports that the Kansas City Chiefs had given Tyreek Hill and his agent permission to seek trades with other teams. Now, as we found out right after we went off, off the air, maybe a half hour afterwards, that in fact, because we noted it came down to the Dolphins and the Jets, by the time we left air at 9 a.m. Pacific. And I said to Jeff, what did I say to you after, after air? I was like, I know you're a Jets fan, and I don't mean to be rude about this, but come on, he's picking the Dolphins. Oh, you're very rude, Yo. <laughs> Very rude. <laughs> I don't mean to offend you, but I think he's picking the Dolphins. And sure enough, Tyreek did uh, for a huge package that is that was five draft picks deep, uh, including the... Uh, including the Dolphins' number one pick and number two this year. Well, the first-round pick is the 29th overall. The second-round pick is the 50th overall this year, plus the fourth-round pick this year, a fourth and a sixth next year. And Tyreek Hill goes to the Miami Dolphins. And so there are so many questions. First of all, let's just say this. For, for those Chiefs fans and, and, and people who are like, I can't believe the Chiefs did this, the Chiefs kind of had no choice. Tyreek Hill wanted Devontae Adams' money. Devontae Adams had just become the highest-paid wide receiver in the history of the National Football League mere days earlier with the Las Vegas Raiders, his trade from the Packers. And so if Tyreek's making those demands, and, and you've already got Patrick Mahomes on your roster, you can't pay two guys $80 million on your salary cap. It's a problem with salary cap sports, right? A difference between non-salary cap sports, back in the day how the NFL used to be, back uh, in the early 90s and, and earlier than that, you could pay willy-nilly. You can't do that anymore. So they had to make a move. And in the end, he is a dolphin. So I ask you the first question, Jeff. Who does this trade impact more, in your opinion? The Chiefs or the Dolphins?
3: I think it's a valid question. Can I can I go at a cop-out here? Sure. And say only time is going to tell? It's well, a cop-out. It's a total cop-out. But yeah. at least in the immediacy here... It does feel like Kansas City, in an offseason where the AFC West, the Chargers are better, the Broncos are better, regardless if you think Russell Wilson may not be the same. Russell Wilson, Denver is better because he's still better than Bridgewater or Locke. The Raiders are better than they were. The Chandler Jones signing seemingly has been completely forgotten. And that was humongous for the Raiders. I agree. And the Chiefs sit here today. As the only team in that division that is definitely worse than they were a year ago, and Gil, keep in mind about if they lose that Thursday night game to the Chargers. Yeah, they, they're they they're probably be. looking at the six seed in the AFC. That's exactly right. So, so. it's. Kansas feels like this is almost a scenario where I I don't want to say Kansas City can't thinks they can't compete in the AFC West, which is nonsense, because as long as you have Mahomes and Kelsey still, you're going to be able to compete in any division. But this kind of feels like, all right, if we don't win the division, we sneak into the playoffs. We just need to be into the tournament with Mahomes to give ourselves a shot. Yeah, we're going to really go for it in 2023, though.
2: And listen, and and Andy and Andy, Andy Reid is a great X's and O's guys who, like in the spirit of the great Joe Jackson Gibbs, can tailor his offense to the personnel he has. That's what makes a great coach. Not a guy who comes in and says, my system's the only way and you players have to conform to my system. That's what we love about Andy Reid. Clock management stuff aside, that's a different story. Uh, And the Dolphins are covered here as well, right? Because they, this is, we're given to everything. Show us what you got now. There's no more excuses. The Dolphins still have two number ones next year. And they have Teddy Bridgewater on the roster. So they can if, if Tua doesn't doesn't play well, they got Teddy this year, they can also manipulate those draft picks to either draft a quarterback next year when the crop's supposed to be better than it is this year, or package those picks for a veteran quarterback. So they're covered either way. Dolphins are set up nicely here. Here are the odds in the AFC East now. So I'll ask the betting markets if you will, the same question I asked you, did it impact either either the Dolphins or Chiefs more? And the answer is kind of meh. The Dolphins here, we're showing, which number, where are these from, Jeff? Are these from BetMGM? Bet MGM. Okay, these are the BetMGM numbers. Dolphins are still third in the AFCs. They're plus 450 behind the Bills at minus 200, and the Patriots at plus 375. There's some other spots where the Dolphins are neck and neck with the Patriots. So, okay, you made a deal. You're paying the Tyreek. And by the way, the other thing with Tyreek, picking between the Dolphins and the Jets, no state income tax. So all things weren't really equal financially, not to mention better football team, better weather et cetera. I, I, whenever that comes
3: down to it, I think that what you just mentioned, the state income tax, yeah. is probably the thing that flipped it
2: even further than what you just said. So here's the Chiefs. Uh, I think you're probably right on that, by the way. And, and, and who could blame him? Here's, here's the AFC West odds. The Chiefs, still the short shot here at BetMGM, plus 135. Chargers, plus 270. Broncos, plus 280. Raiders, 6-1 to one now, creeping up a little bit. Here's my question to you. Do you believe the Chiefs should still be the short shot in the AFC West? No. Seriously? They should not. Chargers should be? Yes. I, I think you might be right, yeah. man. That's why I asked the question. I Listen, I get it. Patrick Mahomes is great. Travis Kelsey is great. But we have never seen Patrick Mahomes play without Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill, I know he doesn't run routes, but he stretched the field. And how many times, anecdotally in your mind's eye, do you just remember a play breaking down with the Chiefs, Mahomes – doing his scramble thing, and then winging the ball downfield, hoping oh, Tyreek will be down there. Rico will make the play, and sure enough, he would. Well, they don't have that anymore. And that's a huge thing in the NFL. If you don't have all 22, you don't know stuff, right? You don't know when, when Kirk Cousins played in Washington. Did Deshaun Jackson spread out the field so much that Kirk Cousins could hit Jordan Reed all day long? Is that what made Kirk Cousins great there? There's so many examples of that throughout NFL history. We're about to find out couple other questions leap to mind here as well, Jeff. One, what's Brian Flores really thinking right now? You gave him some truth serum. If you gave him some I truth serum right I, now. Probably stuff I can't say on the air, Gil. So. Is, regardless of how valid his, his lawsuit is or whatever about that, I'm just saying if you gave him truth serum right now, and is he thinking to himself, if I had just endorsed Tua, maybe none of this would have ever happened kind of thing? I
3: don't know. I don't know. The other one question, too. Because we all are assuming that McDaniel is going to be good as a head coach. Yeah. We're not. Again, first-time head coaches. We don't know. We don't know. And if Brian Flores was still their coach, wouldn't you be
2: super confident right now?
3: I would. Brian Flores was their head coach. Mm. With the, even with the questionable offensive staff he had from time to time, Miami, to me, would be—I'd be saying they're in the playoffs right now without even hesitating.
2: And the AFC just keeps getting more fascinating where you legitimately have 12 spectacular football teams.
3: Well, on paper, you have 12 very good, very good to great football teams. Yeah,
2: very good to great football teams. The only other thing about this is that it just has nothing to do with this trade whatsoever, but I bring up, but what does Brian Flores think of this morning? How's that investigation coming into the uh, whole Stephen Ross paying $100,000 to get uh, Brian Flores to lose games there? Been pretty quiet. How's eh? that coming, <laughs> Commissioner Goodell? You really working on that? It's like the same the same kind of fervor as to find uh, find Nicole's killer, that kind of thing. It's unbelievable. Mike Sando from The Athletic joins us next, along with Jason Jenks. He wrote this piece about Urban Meyer and Jacksonville. We'll get his thoughts on the trade yesterday. And of all the moves this offseason, which he thinks is the single most impactful,
0: coming back, numbers game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
4: The Numbers Game. Gil Alexander
0: on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Want to get in shape but having trouble staying motivated? Make 5-Hour Energy shots part of your lifestyle and get the energy boost you need to get fit. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. With flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue, raspberry, and more, there's a flavor for everyone. Get a 5-Hour Energy today. It's Gil Alexander, Numbers Game, v the Sports Betting Network. Uh, VEASAN.com, the Visa app, Fubo, sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Uh, Bill Krakenberger, hour number two today, and uh, tennis picks coming up. Want to give the tennis picks now, Jeff? Why don't we do that? Can we do it? Is that possible? Here's the thing with the tennis picks. One of them, since I bet it last night, no, those are yesterdays, by the way, on the other screen. Uh, One of them last night, I think, soared. And so I don't think it's playable anymore. So, apologies on that, but let me just check on the current prices. Uh, on these two plays, but they are, again, uh, 3-0 and on Monday. Yesterday, we took the two $2 dogs. Neither of them barked. Apologies on that. Today, I have two plays. Uh, one, you get a better price than I had when I bet it last night. And one, you get a far worse price. So, Alexandra Sasnovich is taking on uh, Daria Kasatkina at Miami, at the Miami Open today on the lady side. I got Sasnovich at minus 130. I think you can find a better price on Sasnovich right now. So Sasnovich available at a more favorable price than minus 130. Uh, and then Allison Risk, this is the one where I don't think it's playable anymore. Uh, don't play this any higher than minus 165. Allison Risk, I got at minus 154 over... Alizé Cornet. You like that name, Jeff? Alizé Cornet. Alizé. Uh, Allison Risk, minus 154 is where I got her. It has soared into the minus 170s. If you can find it minus 165 or better, I would play her. So Sasnovich and Risk, your two tennis plays of the day over there at the Miami Open. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this man worked for ESPN for a very long time, 12 years, I believe it was, and has worked at the Athletics since 2019. It's my old friend Mike Sando. How you doing, Mike?
4: I'm doing well. Sorry, I can't join you in the visual, but I am on the road today, so you get me from a hotel room. How about that?
2: That's fine. We accept the athletic senior NFL (laughs) writer and Hall of Fame selector, Mike Sando. You can follow on Twitter at SandoNFL. Listen, I I, want to ask you, obviously, about the Urban Meyer piece that you did with Jason Jenks, but first, can I just uh, send to you my personal condolences? Your friend John Clayton passed away. You wrote a beautiful piece, Mike, which was touching. It was funny. Uh, it was heart-wrenching. It was so many different things. So I just want to send my condolences to you on the loss of of a guy that we all know as a, as a superior football reporter in our lives.
4: I sure appreciate it. You know, and what's so sad is that with the pandemic, you know, I, I hardly saw him as much the last couple of years. You know, that that's like an element of it that's kind of sunk into me um, a little bit more. You know, just and you, you wonder, you know, that type of Isolation for, isn't healthy for anybody, you know. So it's just, yeah. yeah I appreciate the kind words, and and I was pleased with the piece I was able to write. Just wish I didn't have to write it, you know.
2: Yeah, no, I understand. People should definitely, if you if you want, uh, you take take five to ten minutes of your day today. It'll be the best five or ten minutes you spend. Uh, check it out on Mike's Twitter. Um, okay, so you wrote this piece with Jason Jenks about Urban Meyer and his uh, troubled—I'll use that word—tenure as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can I just ask you in advance? what was we we all knew it was a messed up period of time my my phrase um what was the trigger for you to want to write this piece though the, was there a bit of extra information where you're like okay wait a minute maybe there's maybe yeah. there's more digging here
4: well definitely you know we talked to people that were associated with the team on the team you know players uh non-players uh on the team and well the the theme we got was just that a lot of these interactions kind of went beyond just brusque and typical coach stuff to to feeling more personal and demeaning. And so to the extent that we could corroborate all of those um, stories and be airtight with them, uh, we included them. And there were, of course, in a story like this, there were other ones that we just didn't quite feel. Um, we didn't have enough people or whatever, but these were all just you know corroborated by so many people that we included them, and I think the... The reader got a feel that guy I knew was bad, but uh you know it was it was worse worse than a typical bad. It may be one of the i mean i don't know if there's a worse run of a head coach that I can think of in NFL history really you know to check all those boxes of not just struggling on the field but um you know these types of stories often off the field where players and coaches are being belittled
2: what 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 would you say was the single thing that you were just the most flabbergasted by
4: um I think you know we used in the lead you know telling the players that he'd cut them all, which of course coaches have said that before, but that um they wouldn't be lucky to be making fifteen bucks an hour, you know I think that's a level of of uh that would get me my blood boiling if I was a player you know to to get um, just just disrespected like that. So that was certainly one that stood out. I know people latched onto the stuff about how how could he not know who Aaron Donald or these great players are. You know that was sort of one that got a lot of traction. But I didn't find that to be as. I mean that's bad, but I think uh, that's more incompetent. That's not mean. You know. Yeah. And we had another note in there. You know, really the the one where uh, he he made a player cry. I mean, I think that's. You know, that's bad, and we took care on that one to not, you know, identify people that were involved in it. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty bad.
2: It's an amazing, amazing story. If you thought it was bad, it's worse than you think. Uh, again, from Mike Sando and Jason Jenks over there at the Athletic. All right, so maybe the greatest off season in the in the history of the NFL. Oh uh, yeah. Tyreek traded, Russ traded, Devontae traded, Deshaun traded, uh, Brady retires, Rodgers returns. You could go. You could go on and on. What, to you, is the, is the one you didn't see coming or the one you found most surprising or maybe the one that you feel is the most impactful in the end?
4: Well, I, I think it's Devontae Adams because I think we had our eye on Rodgers. And we didn't have our eye as much on Devontae. I thought Devontae Adams' worst-case scenario for Green Bay would be franchise-tagged and they would do some contractual maneuvering to keep the Rodgers-to-Adams to thing alive. I think in our minds, too, we thought, hey, the Green Bay is sort of treading carefully here. They're doing everything they can to keep Rodgers. So, of course, that's going to include keeping the cast around him, right? I had never had that in my mind that he would be traded like that. So, that one completely. The other ones you could see, you know, Tyreek Hill was tweeting cryptically a while back, and, you know, he's had some issues off the field or, or whatever, right? But. Uh, Russell Wilson, we've heard about stuff. I mean, I, I thought it might happen next year. But, but, like, you're not shocked that Russell Wilson got traded because we've been talking about it that he might for a year, right? Um, mm-hmm. But but that one really uh, was surprising, and it may have contributed to Tyreek Hill being traded, too, because of the contract that Devontae Adams got in the very same division as as Kansas City.
2: We re, It's really like the two biggest breakups, right? Rodgers and, and Devontae, and then Mahomes and Tyreek. You have two like massive breakups in the NFL, uh, to use that uh, turn of a phrase. In the end, then, do you think, and I'll ask what I asked uh, here last segment, who, who do you think is more impacted by the Tyreek trade? Is it the Chiefs or the Dolphins themselves?
4: Well, I don't take the Dolphins overly seriously, so I do think it's it, Helps them, but I think it hurts Kansas City. It just changes who Kansas City is because we don't really know is uh, Tyreek Hill going to be a good fit for what they're doing? Is he going to? Is he? How's he going to respond to getting that kind of money a new environment? Not having maybe as much success. I think there's a lot of ways you could see that Tyreek Hill not having as big of an impact in Miami as he had in Kansas City. Now, when you're breaking up an all-time great, I mean, let you know this is. Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, and Kurt Warner, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're breaking up Kelsey, Mahomes, and Tyree Kill, now that has been the special combination. So I think they're going to be different no matter what they do. And it doesn't mean they're going to be bad. You know, they can reconfigure it, but the, I think we'll never see. It's unlikely we're going to see that type of combination again.
2: Last thing, Mike. We only have a minute left here. Uh, Baker Mayfield, where is your hunch as to where he ends up now? And Matt Ryan to the Colts, um, super sneaky, impactful. I think. What do you think? Yeah.
4: Oh, I'll answer your second one. I I agree completely. You really weren't sure what Atlanta was going to do. They kind of seemed like they were going to commit to Matt Ryan again. They certainly did last off season. I think, you know, for as bad of a spot the Colts were in to get him for for a third, that's a huge bailout. They were about to hit the pavement. And all of a sudden, somebody ran into there with a trampoline, and they bounce up, right? It doesn't mean they're going to win at all, but I think they're a viable team now uh, because of that. So a nice little recovery. Baker Mayfield, wow. I'm looking at him and the Garoppolo situation late. I mean, is this going to be a waiting game? I just don't see anyone taking on Baker Mayfield's contract. Do people wait him out knowing you've got him and Garoppolo to choose from later? Uh, I don't know. I can't find a place if he doesn't want to go to Carolina. I mean, is there an easy place for him to go? to Seattle wait and get him at a lower price? I could see that. But interesting, because Baker Mayfield sees himself differently than the teams see him, I believe, including the Browns.
2: <laughs> well said. Very well said. I think that's accurate. Mike, appreciate it. My condolences again. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you. Mike Sando, everybody, at Sando NFL. Again, check out the uh the Urban Meyer piece. It's just unbelievable and really touching tribute to his buddy John Clayton. We'll come back college hoops next on a numbers game at Visa in the Sports Benny Network.
0: Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
2: Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot or Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends, oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Making me hungry, Jeff. We get tweets at beating the book. This is from uh, Asian Lebowski. I'm going to be very disappointed if uh, Wentz to the Commanders isn't in the top of this season's offseason moves. Uh, sorry, couldn't help myself. Thanks, man. Wentz to the Commanders. Where does that rank in this this offseason's moves? What do you think? If I gave you an over-under of like 27th and a half most impactful move. Well, the way you phrased it, Gil, yeah. it's going to be very impactful, just not in the way you would hope. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe the word impactful is fungible. Here, right. Uh, the Better Life, Tim Lawson, uh, any day I get to tune into a numbers game is a good day. I've got my cup of coffee and my 20 tabs open. I appreciate that very much. Neil Galbraith, uh, do players need to play slash work for a Florida team or just have their permanent residency in the state to achieve the tax breaks? Uh, You will have to establish your residency for six months or more, as I understand it. So, essentially, if you play for the Dolphins, you have a residence there. That's establishment enough. But I think that's the general tax rule of this nation. As long as it's more than six months in one state, that's your permanent residence. Uh, Jay, at Sneakers Z10, who's going to send you a letter first for singing R. Kelly? The owner of the music's the owner of the music's attorney, or KFC? I don't know. It's a toss-up It's a toss-up at this point, man. Uh, it's from Joby, the real Joby. I find myself using the word "mishugas" to refer to any nonsense I have to deal with throughout the day, especially in work settings. Thank you, Gil and Todd Wishnev, for bringing awareness to this delightful word. It adds a level of gravitas when pontificating. There you go. I like it very much. Thank you for all the tweets, as always, at beating the book. Uh, college hoops tonight, Sweet 16. All kinds of creative props out there. Jeff, we found this one last night in primetime action. Uh, this has to do with who will get farther. Remember yesterday we were doing the matchups, championship game matchups, and we were looking at, you know, from Gonzaga, Arizona all the way down to St. Peter's versus whoever, which we were told was ten thousand to one. Are we are we uh, confirming that? It was ten thousand? Whatever anybody gives you ten thousand to one on anything, you take it. Was that a ten thousand to one on them? I think it was, right? I'm pretty sure it was. Wow, we gotta take that. Put ten dollars on that thing? Come on. Let's go, John Mellencamp. Let's go, John Mellencamp. <laughs> what was it, John Mellencamp to win, a, uh, win, an, to Oscar. win an Oscar? <laughs> yeah. That's great. All right, this one's at DraftKings. This is team to advance further in the NCAA tournament. So you just break out your brackets, and you look, okay, who's going to advance further? These are just simple matchups. Good on DraftKings for putting these up. Uh, Villanova versus Texas Tech, for instance, with the Wildcats. Uh, favorite at minus 160. Villanova versus Duke. Villanova, even an even bigger favorite. Over Duke, I suppose, because Texas Tech is a slim favorite in that game against Duke. Uh, North Carolina is a monster favorite over Providence at a head-to-head who goes further. Minus 255 on the heels. Gonzaga, minus 200 versus Arizona. Wow. If I had showed you that at the beginning of the tournament, would you have thought that would be the head-to-head matchup number on Gonzaga versus Arizona? Given Arizona's easier region? Well... It
3: ended up being that Arizona's run is going to be significantly harder. Yes, as ironic as that ends
2: up being. Well, that's what I mean. At the beginning of the term, if you've no, seen I, that, you've been like, "Surprising what? for uh, sure." Texas Tech is a slight favorite over Houston to go farther, minus one forty versus plus one ten. And there you see the UCLA matchups, both against Texas Tech and Houston. Houston, obviously, a uh, a, uh, a bigger dog in their head to head with UCLA again because Texas Tech is favored in their game. Uh, as is UCLA, by the way, of course against North Carolina. So, any of these float your boat, Jeff? Would you bet any of these? And I think these were the were these the extent of them, or were there more matchups? I think these might have been the extent of
3: them. Yeah, it was not. It was yeah. not a lot. Yeah, it was not a lot. There were no. Uh, I, I, there were no St. Peter's. No. ones involved. Gonzaga versus St. Peter's. Yeah, and no Purdue. I think just because of the the fact that that's a double digit huge line, favorite. they didn't yeah. bother with. Uh, Putting those numbers up, which kind of makes me surprised, they actually didn't put a Kansas uh, one up. Which again, they may have.
2: Maybe re- they did. Maybe, maybe they, they repopulated did. this yeah. morning
3: more Could than be. possible. So this is what it comes down to, Gil. If you think Arizona is going to lose tonight, you are. A, if you're in a DraftKings jurisdiction, you are obligated to bet both the Houston ones. If you think Houston is going to beat Arizona tonight. Because if Houston wins against Arizona, it does not matter who wins the other game. Right or wrong, the Cougars will be favored in the Elite Eight. And Texas Tech will not be a favorite against Gonzaga, assuming Gonzaga doesn't blow it tonight against Arkansas. And Jaime Hawkes may not – we don't know the status of Hawkes still Mm -hmm. for UCLA. Yep. So UCLA could very easily go out to North Carolina. And even if they beat UNC, let's say Hawkes is limited or doesn't play, if they have to play Purdue, that's not an easy game with a with a limited Hawkes. So I think if you think Houston is going to beat Arizona, and of course you could just take Houston outright tonight against the Cats, but I think the Houston numbers, if you think that, are pretty pretty reasonable there.
2: You are confident. Houston, Houston, if they were to beat Arizona, will play the winner of the Michigan-Villanova game.
3: Correct. I feel pretty confident Houston's going to be favored against whoever wins. Over Michigan, for sure. Over
2: Villanova, you think, really?
3: I mean, just look at the futures, like the, the yeah. region futures odds. Houston's number is either even or shorter than Villanova in most books.
2: Yeah, you're right. So I think that's a good strategy on the one you were talking about there. What about the games, tonight and tomorrow night? Four Sweet 16 games tonight, of course, for tomorrow night. Uh, And let me just reiterate again what complete carnage Survivor was for those who missed it. Uh, the, The pool I was in allowed for three entries at the outset, and then you were allowed one rebuy per entry. So essentially you had a mulligan situation. Now the trade-off is though is that the day you lost, you don't get any of those points. You're not allowed to pick the team that knocked you out again. So I mean, there's a penalty for it, but at least it keeps you alive further on. But you're at a, you're sort of at a, uh, you know, a deficit at that point, point. and you are incentivized to pick the lower seeds because tiebreakers, when there's this many entries, tiebreakers matter because the likelihood is you will be tied, perhaps, uh, with that many entries to start. And so you are incentivized. The tiebreaker is, you know, incentivized to pick up sets. So in the end, we ended up having, with the rebuys, Jeff, over 1,200 entries. What's left? This is including all the mulligans, which, by the way, you can't rebuy after, after the first weekend. Like, now it's set. No more rebuys. Even with all the rebuys, 1,200-plus entries, there are fewer than 200 entries left. Think about that. All you have to do, we talk about NFL survivor, right? All you have to do is pick one team to win. Now, again, you are incentivized to pick upsets, so someone like me was taking shots, right? I, I had um, Chattanooga. Oh, don't get me started. Illinois led that game for 25 seconds. Chattanooga lost by one. I had Davidson. Davidson lost by one. I had Memphis. Memphis was up by 10 at the half. You know what happened. So, I mean, you are incentivized to take shots, and sometimes it's just not meant to be. But to have fewer than 200, even with that strategy, because you know not a lot. I'm sure not everybody was employing that strategy. Who, I mean, we don't know who each of those people have left tonight. But I'm wondering where they're going to go with this group of picks. You know, tonight would be an interesting case because do they have Texas Tech or Duke left? Maybe that's the night to take one of those two, finally. Do you think Michigan has a shot against Villanova? They're the only double-digit seed tonight. So for the tiebreaker purposes, you would be incentivized to take Michigan if you have any conviction on them. Do you have the onions to take Arkansas? Tonight's a tough night to really make any headway in that. I have no idea. What would you yeah, I, I, no, say? Who knows? It's so hard. Man,
3: like, What's your favorite ATS pick tonight? My favorite ATS tonight is Villanova. You do like, yeah, I, I like Villanova. That just feels like, it kind of feels like what happened on Sunday against Ohio State, where Villanova is a much better coach team. They, even though that game got tight at the end, Villanova was able to push it back out, win comfortably, cover relatively com- comfortably. I, and I'm just, I'm just at the point, Gil, where betting against Jay Wright is an experience that I don't want to deal with anymore. Yeah. And and look, I I, I think. I think we kind of – the pendulum swung a little too far on Jawan Howard because of the incident in in, Wisconsin, in Madison.
2: Which he, still makes no sense
3: whatsoever. He, yeah, he's still a good coach. He's still a good coach. But Jay Wright is the best coach left in this tournament. I, Villanova, Lang is
2: my best one tonight. And power, then, power rank him. Jay Wright, Eric Musselman, uh, Kelvin Sampson, and Jim Laranega. He knows four? Yeah. Wright,
3: Sampson, Laranega, Musselman. All right. That would be the way – I like all four of those guys. Four,
2: I mean, four solid coaches really rose to the top here. So that's your that's Plus, your favorite. I don't time? like the
3: way Musselman's team plays, though, Gil.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that could get ugly tonight. Could get ugly. It's one of these ones where you wonder if it's like you know we said it many times. The scares happen in rounds one and two, the round of sixty-four and the round of thirty-two, and then when you have four days to sort of decompress and to prepare for this game you know you have three days to prepare for this and whatever potential elite eight game the creams can often rise and rise in a big way with lots of blowouts that's historically what happens this week we'll see arkansas the last hope for the sec uh what's the what's the game you want no part of tonight on the side you have to bet three of them, but you at, get at, one at, pass. At this, point, at this point,
3: where the number is, probably Gonzaga-Arkansas, because that don't number just
2: is pushing too far. Okay. I think I would go with that, too. I don't want to touch that with the spread, even though I could see Gonzaga rolling as well. We'll come back unscripted with the crack man. Oh, no, in studio. That's not next. William Hill's next. Not the William Hill. Will Hill next.
0: Numbers game visa. These sports betting.
4: numbers game with gil alexander on vcin
2: the sports betting network Numbers Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashing the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20. That's 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, ...experiences and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. That's 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Skill Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. See these uh, NBA results yesterday, Jeff? The Warriors without Steph, without Draymond, without Clay... So what do they do? Well, of course they beat the Heat at Miami, 118-104. to 104. Blow them out, and the Heat have a little fracas. A fracas. A, a Donnybrook almost broke out on their uh, sideline there. A little old-fashioned melee between uh, Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra. Spolstra. Spolstra joked about it afterwards, saying, we're just you know, arguing about dinner oh, plans. I can't leave Udonis Haslam out of it. I was getting there, and Udonis <laughs> Haslam getting in Jimmy Butler's face. Can't go against the family when Udonis Haslam is around. We still have no idea what that was about, do we? Uh, not entirely sure. Also,
3: it is amazing that Udonis Haslam is still technically on the NBA unbelievable. roster.
2: unbelievable. Still a member of the Miami Heat. And uh, not to be outdone, the Ja Morantless Memphis Grizzlies beat up on the Nets one thirty-two to one twenty. That was a nip and tuck game until the the Grizzlies just went on a run. Actually, they were way up. The Nets caught them, and then the Grizzlies went on a ridiculous thirteen 0 zero, thirteen to nothing run late in that game. Again, without Ja. Uh, and then the Lakers without LeBron actually gave the Sixers a scare in LA. I guess one twenty six, one twenty one. Sixers end up winning that. So by the way, the Lakers lose, the Spurs win. The Spurs are two back, two back of the Lakers with nine to play in the West. It couldn't be, could it? This can't. I kinda happen. hope it is. Oh, I kind of I hope, so hope too. it is. You know who uh, who doesn't want it to happen? This gentleman right here. It's Will Hill, everybody from at not the Will Hill on Twitter and the host of the New York City Cast. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. They deserve
5: it. They don't deserve to make the playoffs. I'm indifferent. The way that team is run from Genie Bust all the way down, uh, they deserve to miss it. They really do.
2: Are you watching the uh was it the HBO Max, the the Lakers thing? Is it good? It
5: it's good. It's a little over the top. It's a little almost cartoonish. I don't know if you guys have seen it all. Jerry West, it's not not very flattering. That's what Jeff said. Cartoonish.
2: Jeff, you said it kills Jerry West more than anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: It's almost, it's too extreme, but it's entertaining. It's got some uh, adult components that you might enjoy. There's a little history involved to it. Uh, the guy that plays Magic looks just like Magic. Yeah. And even... What was it John C. Riley? Looks exactly like Bus. So they did a good job with it. It's a little different. It's a little over the top, but uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a lot. Of, it, it's it's fun.
2: I want to check it out. That's the role, by the way, the 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 Jerry Buss role, uh, which is what would broke up the friendship of Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell wanted that role so badly, oh. didn't get it, and the two don't talk anymore. Adam McKay, who uh, who is behind all of this, so interesting. Anyway, the these modern day Lakers. Two-game lead over the, uh, num- over the number 11 San Antonio Spurs out west with nine to play as they try to eke their way into a play-in situation. Uh, I said this to JVT last night, and I'll say it to you. This is going to be in a league where, where first rounds are often just, you know, interminable best-of-sevens where you're like, do we really have to go best-of-seven for this matchup? That's kind of the history of the NBA first round. This year, man. I mean, if you just look at the uh, the Western Conference, and just let's take it for what it would be now, and let's keep Minnesota at seven and the Clippers at eight, it'd be Phoenix against the Clippers, who could get Paul George and maybe Kawhi back. Memphis against the T Wolves. T Wolves have been solid. The Warriors against the Jokic-led Nuggets and the Jazz and the Mavericks. Those are four ridiculous series. Do you believe it would be the first round, the best first round in the history of the NBA? That's just the West.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I've been, even in the East is really good. I've yeah. been saying for years, the first round, they need to go back to best of five. You get these series, whether it's, you know, Bucks Pistons a couple years ago, some of those Bucks Heat when LeBron was on the Heat, remember, were just a joke. Uh, you know, it was dramatic. It was fun when it was best of five, best of seven. You're just dragging it on the inevitable too long. But this year, it'll be good. This year, you know, you're not going to have any of those dead series. Usually, you know, the best team, the best one or two teams gets pretty much a buy in that first round. You're not going to have that this year.
2: Sixers, Bucks, and Celtics now all just a game and a half behind the Heat, who have the number one spot in the East, and it's going to be fascinating that last weekend, those those teams, will leave the Heat out of it for now, though they're creeping into this mix as well, the Sixers, Bucks, and Celtics, what will they do the final week to try to avoid the number two position? Because we don't know that Brooklyn's going to end up seven. We just think they will, right? Because they've got to win the play-in game, the first play-in game, if they're a seven or eight, which looks like they will be. I don't know. Who knows, right? There's just so many moving parts. That it'll be interesting to see, and again, it's never the players on the court. Just want to make that clear to everybody: it's who they put on the court to try to maximize or, or not maximize chances to win. So that that's going to be fascinating too.
5: You got to get to the three to be safe, though, because like you yeah. said, you could, they could be the if the one if you're the one, you could play the Nets, assuming they lose to Toronto, then win, which they probably won't. But who knows? But and who knows? Kyrie in Toronto, yeah. So you really got to get to the three to be safe. But then you're really you're punting on home field in sec, or home court in second round. That's right. Uh, assuming the two wins, and you're really you know putting yourself in a tough spot in that situation. I think they should just do away with this. Make the, the higher seed, pick their opponent. Let's just do, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous to have this, you know, scenario this, this last week or so where these teams are losing game after game to try to move down, to try to avoid a certain team. It, it's fascinating. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, it's just kind of crazy.
2: And are the Celtics and Bucks so confident that they don't care, right? Like the Celtics are so good right now, they would be at anybody. And the Bucks are like, we're the defending champions. Everybody's sleep. Like, by the way, it could be a Bucks Suns. Final this year again after all of this right like no one would be surprised if that was the final in the end
5: Yeah, I remember the Bucs, and I thought it was strange last year. Remember, they could have lost to avoid uh, Miami the first round. I forget who they played. It was like a Saturday night game where if they lost, they would have avoided Miami. They said, you know what? We're going to play everybody. We're going to beat them, and then we're going to beat them again. And And they kind of took it head on, and they did. They they buried Miami. I think they kind of killed some of the demons with that, and they went on to win a championship. I mean, they certainly had some fortune along the way, but uh, it's kind of interesting. Sometimes these teams don't always think the same way that we do. That is absolutely correct.
2: You have any picks in the NBA tonight?
5: No, uh, taking it a little easy in the NBA. I think you documented it pretty well between the Warriors burying the Heat. It's unbelievable the other night. Uh, it, yeah, the Heat losing to the Sixers the other night with no hard and no Embiid. It's just very, it's very hard this last you know nine or ten games. I'm sitting around just kind of uh, enjoying it, looking for some live opportunities. Uh, you know waiting for some of these division bets to cash some of these over-unders to cash. So just kind of, kind of rooting it all in. You get some strange results. Even the Knicks last night, I think they were like plus three fifty to win the second half. And uh, I was watching them against the Hornets. They buried the Hornets the whole game and ended up covering the second half winning the second half. So you get some, uh, some weird results in this in this uh, last week or two.
2: All right. How about the sweet 16 tonight and tomorrow night? What do you got?
5: I like Arizona. I know it's kind of a pros first Joe's kind of pick here, and a lot of sharp people are on Houston. I just think Arizona survived the scare. Uh, I, I think, you know, Houston, the injuries are finally going to catch up to them. I think the level of comp. Uh, is an issue this is look you can bully smu and cincinnati on the offensive glass which is you know their whole game you can't really do that to arizona i think like i said arizona survived the punch i think they come out uh, a little more focused tonight and i think arizona gets it done that was uh, a hell of a game on sunday night you did a good job just killing you know the tv schedule where that game is starting at 10 20 going well wow. after midnight
2: on the east coast so just a joke first but thing i said this week I, unbelievable i texted jeff sun and i'm like this is the first thing we have to say it's ridiculous Absolutely ridiculous. I'm with you on Arizona, man. Like, I want, I love Houston. I think they're a great story. Don't have their two best players, but I think this is kind of where it is. This is one of those things where, with the exception of St. Peter's winning, would any, and maybe even with St. Peter's, I don't even know at this point, would any outcome in any of these games surprise you? Legitimately surprise you,
5: Providence a little bit. Boy, that would be tough. I mean, it, it's made to order for Kansas. I mean, Self had some bad losses in the uh, in the tournament. This would be up there. Did not get to a Final Four. It is just it, the, the road is perfect for him. Between you know, beat up Creighton team and now Providence, and then the winner of you know Miami, Iowa State. Uh, this is uh this is on a silver spoon here for Self. I would expect him to win, but I, again, I I never completely trust Bill Self in the tournament. You're with me, Jeff. The only
3: result that would surprise me at this point is that the winner of Miami, Iowa State makes the final four, Saint Peter's makes the final four. That's
2: the only Everything thing. Everything else is in play. Yeah. I think so too. Besides Arizona, what's the what's the other play you like here, Will? Anything today or tomorrow? Starting to lean towards Duke, believe it or not. You know, Me too. I, I was exp-
5: Me too. Yeah, I just think they've got more talent. And the issue for them is defense. And I do think their effort, their intensity, that gets a bump with the stakes of the game. And they just got pro after pro on that team. Texas Tech doesn't. And Texas Tech's strength is that defense. They play kind of an exotic scheme, the no middle, they switch, you know, defenses. Duke at least has some time to prepare for it. And to me, they just have much better horses here on Duke. So I actually lean
2: towards Duke here uh, getting the point. And I have made this point before this week, too. I really feel like when Coach K beat Izzo, maybe it was a function of beating Izzo, but I think it's a function of, he just didn't want to get upset the first weekend, right? Like, there was this yeah. massive pressure. And now I feel like, and this might exude down to the ball club. I, I just feel like he's like, now it doesn't matter, right? Like Now we're just yeah. going to play loosey-goosey. There's no shame in any of this. I kind of like the Blue Devils tonight as well. Well, appreciate Freaking it. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. That would be Saturday. Appreciate it, man. Yes, it would be. New York City cast. Check it out where our podcasts are distributed. The great Will Hill. Bill Krakenberger next, unscripted and in studio. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.